the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. When he's sowing bountifully, when he's sowing generously, when he is a cheerful giver, every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, verse 7 says, not grudgingly of necessity, but uh, uh, because God loves a cheerful giver. In verse 8 and 9, the right kind of giving is blessed by God. We read in verse 8 and 9, And God is able to make all grace, notice that, He's able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. As, and he's quoting Psalm 112 and verse 9, As it is written, He has dispersed he has given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. This is amazing how the apostle Shaul Paul oftentimes quoted the Hebrew scriptures when he was ministering and sharing the word of God because that's the only word of God, the only scripture that he has in his hand to be able to share the word of the Lord with the new established assemblies in Asia Minor and Europe when he was preaching and sharing the word of God with the believers that came to be part of the church of the assembly of the living God. I'm reading Psalm 112 and there we read in verse 9, He has dispersed, this is God, He has given to the poor, this is God, his righteousness, this is God's righteousness, endures forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. God's horn, God's power, God's strength will be exalted with honor. In other words, what Paul is really saying in verses 8 and 9, that the right kind of giving is blessed by God and producing righteousness in the lives of those that practice this with a right attitude and right heart. And so these beautiful verses, verses 8 and verse 9, in verses 10 and 11, Paul is really, he pray for blessing upon the Corinthians and their giving. We read in verse 10, now he that ministers seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increases the fruits of your righteousness being enriched in everything to all bountifulness which causes through us thanksgiving to God. You see, beloved brothers and sisters, in a sense, ministering seed, serving God, giving, is producing a blessing, is producing, as he's saying, the thanksgiving unto God. So it is enriching the believer in everything. And in a sense, what we have here in verses 10 and 11 
as Paul is writing to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 9, he is mentioning to them as if it were in prayer. He's saying, he said, Now he that ministers seed to the sower, if you are going to be sowing, if you are going to be participating in the giving Corinthians, well, the one that, that ministers seed to the sower, he both ministers bread for your food. In other words, God will bless you. He will multiply your seed sown. And he will increase, notice that, multiply, increase the fruits of your righteousness. You see that? He continues, he said, being enriched in everything to all a bountifulness which causes through us thanksgiving. So he using the word multiply, he using the word increase, he using the word enrich. In other words, he's in a sense he's wishing and praying and saying it's producing us thanksgiving to God. We give thanks to God for you. And when you do so, when you participate in the gracious grace giving and do it out of your heart as a cheerful giver, you will ultimately be blessed by God. The one that ministered a sowing seed, he will ultimately be blessed. He, as it says here, multiply your seed sown. God will increase the fruits of your righteousness and he will enrich you in all things into all bountifulness which causes through us thanksgiving. Interesting words. Multiply, increase, enrich, bountiful. It's up and up and up and up. It's the blessing of the Lord. And the blessings are not necessarily always materially, spiritually speaking as well. So spiritually, the one that give will ultimately be blessed. And so the second encouraging statement that Apostle Paul seek to teach and to encourage the, the Corinthians with respect to giving is that your giving will not only provoke others to do the same, but your giving will also bless you yourself, Corinthians. Now, in the last verses, the Apostle Paul provides additional threefold reasons or threefold encouragement for giving, and he's saying them in the next verses. In verse 12, he's saying to the Corinthians, your giving will meet people's need, and it will be produce a thanksgiving to God, because now he's saying in verse 12, for the administration of this service not only supplies the want of the saints, or the needs of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Corinthians, he's saying to them, he's saying, when you are giving, when you are going to be participate in the giving uh, towards the saints in Judea and Jerusalem, the poor saints, in the context of our chapter here, and of course, this is a principle that apply to the Lord's work in the giving to the 
to any aspect of the work of God here upon the face of this earth, your giving will not only provoke others, your giving will not only bless you, but verse 12, your giving will meet needs and will bring about a thanksgiving unto God. You see what happened when somebody's needs are met, he or she, if their hearts are right, would turn to God and say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God, for your provision, because after all, every good thing and every perfect thing came from above. And although God delight to use his own people, but in actuality, beloved brothers and sisters, it is all from God. And that's why when Paul was writing to the Thessalonians, he said to them in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, in the Messiah Yeshua concerning you. In other words, in everything give thanks, and those whose needs will be met, they will turn about, as we read in verse 12, and they will ultimately be thankful unto God. We read in verse 12, For the administration of this service not only supplied the needs of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgiving unto God. Can you imagine when someone's need is met and when he or she were in a special need and another believer from somewhere supported and helped and met the need and that person is appreciative, he or she will give thanks to God. It says abundant also by many thanksgivings, not once, but many thanksgiving unto God. To give God thanks. To praise God for His provision. This is such an important thing in the life of God's people. So, Corinthians, your giving will meet needs and will cause and will produce Many thanks giving to God by those that receive your gift. That's what Paul is saying here to the Corinthian believers in verse 12. So, as we are seeing that list of the encouragement of the Apostle Paul to the Corinthians with respect to giving, the believers giving, he is building up in this chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 1 to 5, your giving will provoke others to give. And therefore, God's work will continue on. The needs of God's people will be met. The work of the Lord can be spread. The gospel can be sent. The preacher can be preaching. The work of the Lord can be multiplied. Secondly, if you are giving, your giving will bless you yourself. Because he mentioned of the importance for verses 6 to 11. If you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. If you will sow bountifully, you will reap bountifully. God loves a cheerful giver and he blessing 
the cheerful giver. There's a blessing from the Lord. That's why Paul quoted Psalm 112. He is saying, the disperse abroad. He's saying in verse 9 and 10, he's saying, as it is written, he that disperse abroad, he has given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. God will ultimately bless those that do his bidding. And so, now in verse 12, Corinthians, your giving will meet needs which will produce much thanksgiving to God. It will produce, it will cause through us thanksgiving unto God. And it will bring many thanksgiving to God as we have here in verse 12. Now notice that as we move towards the end of this chapter in verse 13, Paul is emphasizing the fourth reason as to why it is important to have this grace giving. Another reason, and he says in verse 13, Corinthians, your giving will actually glorify God. Verse 13 we read, While by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ, and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. You notice that, beloved brothers and sisters, Paul is emphasizing the fact that it's not only meeting people's need, the poor's need, and the work of the Lord's need, and bringing about thanksgiving to God, but it also glorifies God. God is glorified by the behavior of his people, and in the context of Second Corinthians chapter 9 is the believer's giving for the work of the Lord. We read again in verse 13, while by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ. You see, the Corinthians, when they subjected themselves unto the gospel of Christ, they have accepted the Lord Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, and by giving and by administrating, by sharing in the giving for the ministry, in a context here, of course, for the poor in Judea, well, it is causing glorifying God. It is causing the fact that many will glorify God and God is being honored by that. And then he said at the end, and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men. What you are doing, you are glorifying God. Others will glorify God. Not only even those that you giving to, but also unto all men. And here, beloved brothers and sisters, we learn that Sincere and proper giving does honor God and glorify God. And so Paul will conclude this chapter in verses 14 and 15, and he will give the fifth reason here to the Corinthians. He says, your giving will help to unite God's people together. 
This is the the last two verses of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. And so we read, And by their prayer, this is the Jewish believers in Judea, who will receive the gifts, the monetary gifts of the Corinthians, along with the people from Macedonia and all the churches that were ready to, to send for their need in Jerusalem, in Judea. He is saying, by their prayers, and now they in Judea will pray for you. By their prayer, for you, which long after you for the exceeding grace of God in you. Now notice he used the word you three times here. They're going to pray for you because they long after you because they see the grace of God that happened in you. You notice that? Paul is now showing to us, and in the context, of course, here, the Corinthians were not Jewish, but the believers in Judea and Jerusalem were Jewish. So what happened here, your giving Corinthian will produce, will assist, will increase the unity among the Jewish and Gentiles believers in Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. This is very interesting, beloved brothers and sisters. I want to read the verse in Romans chapter 15, at the end of the book of Romans, in verse 25. In Romans chapter 15 and verse 25, Paul said, and this is of course in connection with what we are studying here in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul is saying, in verse 25, But now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. In other words, he was going to go to Jerusalem to minister to the Jewish believers, to the poor in Judea and in Jerusalem. For, notice that, it had pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia, this is including the Corinthians, to make a certain contribution for the poor saints, which are at Jerusalem. Then he continued to remind the Roman believers, and of course the Corinthians also, it has pleased them verily, and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. You see, it's so interesting, because Paul always reminded the non-Jewish believers have entered into the blessings that God have given to the, the spiritual blessing that God have given to the nation of Israel, and that they have been grafted in. And therefore, he says to them, for if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. And what happened when this show of love and care for the needs, the needs of all God's people, Jewish and Gentile, everyone has a need that someone else can help in meeting it. 
But the important lesson that we learn here from 2 Corinthians chapter 9 in verses 14 and 15 is that it produces the gifts that the Corinthians will send along with Paul, along with the same gifts from coming from the saints of Macedonia, will be a blessing and will produce harmony and unity in the body of Christ. And what the body of Christ is, is a composition of Jewish believers in Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, and Gentile believers in Yeshua, Jesus the Messiah, who are united together in this one body. In this present day of the church age, the ecclesia, the called out ones, is a composition of Jewish and Gentile believers, true believers born of the Spirit of God, born again individuals. Well, while there is a positional unity of all true believers, oftentimes this positional unity is not practiced and enjoyed practically. And here is evident that Paul is emphasizing, he says, their prayer, you see, they will be praying for you. They long after you. And they see that God's grace was done in you. And that will bring a practical unity among the people of God. And Paul never ceased for a moment to remind, as he closed the chapter here, he never ceased to remind believers everywhere of the greatest gift that was ever given and to all to mankind. Notice what he says in verse 15, the last verse of 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. That gift can be applied to both. Number one, the gift is the Son. For God so loved the world, John 3.16, that he gave. He gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. The gift of the Son, of the Messiah Yeshua, Jesus himself, is a gift that is unspeakable. There is nothing to be compared to that greatest gift. That's why Paul said in Romans 1 and verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Messiah. What is the gospel of the Messiah? Is that Christ, the Messiah, came to this world. He died according to the scripture. He was buried and he rose again on the third day according to the scripture. The news that he was willing to give himself to be a gift of God. Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. But at the same time, beloved brothers and sisters, Paul elsewhere said in Romans 8 and verse 32, which we have already pointed to, he said in verse 32, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him, he gave him, he delivered him up for us all. God gave His Son, who took union 
humanity with his divine nature, who became the man of sorrows, the Messiah of Israel, the Savior of this world, who came to die for the sin of this world. And so this unspeakable gift applies to the person of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, and the work that he had accomplished. But what is the gift that we receive because of his death, burial, and resurrection? It is the gift of salvation and eternal life. Again, John 3.16, the second part of this verse, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. But then the second half, that whosoever believeth on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Beloved brothers and sisters, everlasting life. Everlasting life. My dear friend and dear brothers and sisters, the gift of eternal life. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. How grateful ought we all to be for the gift that God had given unto you and unto me and unto mankind. This gift is the gift of his beloved Son, the Messiah, the Mashiach, who came in order to provide salvation for sinners such as we by nature. Well, beloved brothers and sisters, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 presents before us five-fold reasons and encouragement as to giving. Your giving will provoke others to give. Your giving will bless you. Your giving will meet needs and produce thanksgiving to God. Your giving will glorify God. Your giving will assist in uniting God's people together practically. Well, my dear friend, thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. God bless you, and until the next time, we say, Shalom, Shalom.